Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and babies, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn and have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you got me. Now look at that doctor, homie. Fuck that. Black dude. This bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. It's Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J-Cat Morris. It's Saturday, February 24th at this motherfucker. So, yeah, um, figured I'd do this show. Uh, Shaheen wasn't looking to do the show this weekend, uh, so I wasn't going to leave it with no show at all. Didn't do it on Wednesday. So I figured I would either, uh, you know, do the joint show with him or do the solo thing tonight. That way, uh, you know, we'll get something in there. Uh, so, yeah, what the fuck is going on? Over here yawning to start the show. It's clearly going to be an exciting episode. Um, 
I'm gonna do some of the Facebook Live thing, but the thing is, is I gotta actually, I gotta, I have an iPad that I haven't used in probably six months. I gotta charge that fucking thing so that way I can look at the internet with my iPad, and then uh, still be able to use my phone for recording via Facebook deal. Um, last week it was like a saving grace because uh, this uh, feed on here cut out. And I still had the backup plan of the Facebook Live going, and it was, uh, it was that alone that I ended up pulling the audio from to put up last week's show. So it actually worked out really well. Obviously, I'm hoping that, that doesn't happen tonight. I'm hoping that doesn't happen tonight because uh, I'm fucked if it does because I'm only going to do a little bit of the Facebook Live at some point, um, you know, because like I said, I, I either got to write down everything that's in my phone or be able to look at it, which I enjoy to be able to look at my notes and then, you know, look at the Facebook and see what the questions are on there and topics are on there, you know, be able to look up this or that. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I'll charge my iPad tonight and that way, uh, I'll potentially charge my iPad tonight. Let's just stick with that. Um, so yeah, uh, what's going on? Uh, CZW last night, they did a show at, uh, I don't know where the fuck it was. It was in Asbury. I did no research. Um, building looks fucking dope. Let me just let me just say that right off the fucking bat. This is the first building the CCW has run in in a while that had any form of aura. Of course, I did not attend, so everyone's going to be really offended that I'm commenting on this. Um, but they can also eat a dick um, in case they're bored of listening to me. Uh, talk about something I didn't attend they could do that as well um, the thing is is uh, from the outside it looks crazy you know I mean again the inside's not your average joint I mean look at what the flyer skate zone was fucking I mean it, nothing about that said wrestling venue uh, when you you got in there it just it looked like it was a fucking hockey ring every other day of the week you know it's just it looked ridiculous. Um, had no aura. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the ECW arena, you know, obviously had an aura based on the fact that it was the ECW arena. Um, you know, following that, it became the CZW arena, which, you know, CZW ran more shows there than ECW by leaps and bounds. So, um, you know, it became its own thing. But it, it had this, this dirty feel and, uh, you know, it was, it was dirty as a motherfucker. Um, but, you know, the outback, it was more like a party atmosphere in the parking lot and, um, you know, dog street, littered shits of uh, streets of Philly. Uh, it was, uh, you know, pretty gross. But in the same token, you know, it had its aura because of what it once was, uh, and, you know, and it had that that fucking grimy fucking feel. So when they did wild shit inside, it fit and it was just like, yeah, all right. Um you know, a lot of these buildings are just, you know, empty spaces. So, you, I mean, if you get like a gym, well, it's just a gym. It's hard to convert that into something that's an actual look. That's why, even though I never have been there, um, that feet or FET or whatever the fuck uh, music hall that Beyond was using, always like on video, the shit had such a cool looking aura to it with the balcony surrounding the ring like that, you know, to kind of look down on the ring. I always thought that'd be really dope to uh, photograph. From the balcony, um, you know, to to be able to shoot down on fucking wrestling like that, I, I always thought that would make for some really cool shots. I don't know that I've, I've legitimately seen. I'm sure the, 
photography has to exist from that. But I don't know that I've really seen like amazing fucking shots from up there. I don't necessarily know that I can take amazing shots from up there, but I try my damnedest. Uh, you know, get like that Drew Chahos up there and he'd fucking, he'd light shit up. Um, now this joint, like I was saying, um, from the outside just looks like fucking, you know, any, any, uh, music center or, you know, place that would host music or comedy. And by the way that it said, I think it's like, what the hell was it called? Something of independence, hall of independence, uh, house of independence. Uh, and, um, you know, it would just look like it hosts any kind of random things. And on the marquee, it said like, you know, Friday combat zone wrestling, <laughs> you know, Saturday fucking, uh, you know, Jimmy Johansson. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know what the fuck that is, but all right. That's, you know, it's just one of several things happening there that week. So on the, on the surface, it looks kind of crazy, startling to see CW just listed amongst things like that. Uh, when I saw the inside of it on the, um, you know, the Instagram live, whatever the fuck, um, amazing, absolutely amazing. You know, um, it looks like, you know, music venue, like I said, um, the lighting is insane. You know, it's got crazy fucking lighting coming from the ceiling with all sorts of colors and spotlights and all of that shit. I feel like the possibilities are endless with that. Um, you know, to really give it a good aura and a feel around what they're doing. And the presentation could be really top notch rather than like, you know, that new joint they went in and, um, you know, uh, it's that new, what was it? The Ratatouille center. They had a, like, just like a sheet tacked to the fucking wall, you know? And it, I mean, it, it was supposed to be a screen, but it was all wrinkled and it just looked like shit. And, you know, meanwhile, you know, wrestlers like David Starr will put over the production of CZW, but the people who are actually watching it can see that the production is garbage. And still, I'm sure, I'm sure the commentary came off like trash, half off mic, terrible audio. Uh, I, I'm sure, you know, and I didn't see it again, blasphemy. Um, but yeah, the, the fucking, you know, I had brick walls in there. Seats were, you know, on an incline, like a fucking theater. Uh, balcony type shit going on too, which I, I love balconies, you know, number one for spots, number two for just like viewing wise, you know, when I was a kid, uh, we used to have movie theaters with balconies before everybody, you know, became complete cunts and fell off of things and threw fucking dangerous things off balconies. And, uh, you know, I'm sure shit happened back then too, but I think it just became so widespread with everybody being so fucking, uh, litigious and, uh, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, it just, you know, there used to be fucking balconies and I would prefer go up to the fucking balcony, you know, get up there. You sit in the front row of a fucking balcony. You could look down on that fucking screen. Shit was dope as hell. I miss type of shit like that. So, I mean, the thought of watching wrestling from that angle, from that perspective to me is kind of cool. Sometimes, um, you know, you'd go, uh, like Rawway for instance, or, um, the, what the fuck was that? The Pennsylvania Armory or whatever. You'd go to the top of the fucking bleachers and, I mean, you had a straight fucking shot at, at that ring. You know what I mean? You might have been further away, but clear fucking view. No one's sitting in front of you. No one's standing in front of you. Even if they were sitting in front of you, it, you know, you still had a clear line of uh, vision. You know, with the seats that incline like that, you know, bleacher seating, stadium seating, that type of thing, it does give you a clear line of uh, vision. Uh, I sat up there with a zoom lens on one of the fucking, um, 
Jersey All Pro, I think anniversary shows or something, and had such a fucking dope set of pictures, and it was crazy because I was all the way the fuck away from it. Sometimes even shooting ringside, it, it, for me it would be harder because you really had to get in the right spot, otherwise you're beat. Up there, you just fucking sat and shot, and you caught a lot of stuff. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, obviously I'm not a experienced ringside photographer, nor was I ever attempting to be. Um, but you know, so that line of vision is really cool to me is what I'm saying. Um, overall looked cool. I think they even had like a ramp to the ring type thing, you know, (laughs) it's fucking just, just such a cool building where they dropped their fucking ring in there and everything else was just kind of there, you know, and it, it just fucking looked like it really came together obviously a building like that i don't know if they could make that their home i i would love to see them make that type of thing their home i'm hoping and i don't know anything announcement wise i don't know what they've said or written or typed um i'm hoping that's where they're doing best of the best this year and not the other uh you know high-end gym thing that they did because uh i don't know that that didn't look really impressive to me venue wise but um yeah, it looks like a really nice gym, you know, when I saw the pictures of it gym-wise. But uh, as far as venue, like, again, this joint had fucking aura. So, I guess we'll see. But, uh, you know, big fucking credit to them for landing in a joint for once that looks fucking nice on tape, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's that. Um, oh, the one thing I saw on there, I said, you know what I mean? Like, CCW... They take, you know, one step forward, two steps backwards. You know, they, they'll, they'll talk all this shit. They'll go on uh record saying, Oh, you know, we're, we're trying to make it more professional. We're trying to, we're trying to, you know, be presentable to the TV um, market. We're trying to do things so we can get picked up. And so we have to tone down this and we have to tone down that. And we have to change the way that it's being presented and, and, uh, you know, people might not be happy with, but we're going in a positive direction and we need to present ourselves in such a way in order to da 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 So what do they do? I guess it's Michael Odecchio's fucking birthday, right? The fucking fan kid that sits in the front row. And, um, you know, DJ at some point brings him in the fucking ring and he's doing shots with the dude and fucking singing happy birthday to him and then like fucking like chopping him in the corner for his birthday like like putting him in the corner and giving him a fucking chop like chest chop and it's like what kind of fuck shit is this yeah i mean look at this hoe ass shit i mean you you guys are fucking trying to be professional one minute the next minute you're throwing birthday parties yeah, I mean, what kind of shit is that? I guess it was, you thought it was okay because Jimmy Lloyd had a birthday party <laughs> over there for GCW. So you figure out, oh, this is Michael Adecchio's birthday party. It's like, come on, man. This shit, the whole shit is fucking crazy, you know? So it's just it's just weird. It's this DJ can't stay out of his own way. It, it, like, he can't just, like, look good on all angles. He's got to misspell shit and then just do some old fuck shit in the ring. Uh, I guess he was he was wrestling too, like in his fucking that that must be his new thing where he just has like the the white collared shirt on and just wrestles in that. So um, you know it, it's just some old bullshit. I don't I don't know. CZW is uh, pretty fucking ridiculous. Uh, 
Another thing that's ridiculous that's happening right now, actually, is uh, Jersey All-Pro in Rawway. Um, I saw pictures from about a half hour before bell time, and that motherfucker looks pretty vacant. Um, It's, uh, you know, I had said this before, you know, uh, it's it's over for Jersey All-Pro. You know, and the thing is, is uh, at some point or another, I'm going to talk to Pierre. I don't know if it'll be tonight on the show or another night. Um, you know, he had mentioned trying to call in from the joint and whatever. I, You know, I don't know how fucking feasible that is. That was his idea, not mine. But, uh, you know, I'm more than willing to take his call. But in the same token, that's a, that's some more wild shit to call from a building while a wrestling show is going on. So definitely not something I'm, uh, you know, counting on. We'll see what happens. But, um, you know, I, I had said last week i believe it was with him in the uh in the uh chat or the um the facebook live chat whatever uh, jersey all is dead you know um there, there's so much bullshit that's going on you know as far as the the politics of it the cohesive unit of jersey all pro was fat frank pierre jeff you know what i mean obviously there were key players that really brought Jersey all pro together. As far as the wrestlers went, there were, you know, your loyal soldiers, your, your key, your homicide, your hit squads. Yeah. I mean, those, those guys were without question Jersey all pro guys through and through. But when it comes down to, to monster Mac actually booking these shows and trying to build his own vision, he doesn't know a fucking thing about how to do this. And I know it sounds crazy me from a fan's perspective doing this shit, you know, saying, saying what I'm saying, but realistically, like when he booked that old fucking B show, that fucking shindy show and stamped Jersey all pro on it, put Jersey all pro worldwide. And it was just a fucking shindy B show. That's all it ever was. And, and you're running three shows a fucking year. And and you think one of them can be just some old bullshit and you're going to call that building the future? You're not building any fucking future, man. You're booking cheap talent. And, and if you think you're going to book a bunch of cheap talent and call that the future and suddenly it's going to start making fucking money, you're out of your mind. You clearly don't know what you're doing. You're booking your friends. You're doing favors. All bullshit political nonsense. And me as a fan, speaking to other fans, no one wants to see that shit. Nobody. The fucking building is empty right now because, and, and you know, look, you're, you could say, oh, we got 200 or we got 300. Uh, I, I'd have to see evidence of that because the last I saw was pretty fucking bad. But I don't know. Maybe the building filled up late. Um, definitely not Jersey All-Pro numbers either way. Either way, no matter what you present to me, it is not Jersey All-Pro numbers. Um, Jersey All-Pro used to pack that motherfucking rec center, you know? Um and um, that's why, though, you, you can't disappear for months and months and months and then come back with some old bullshit. I, I mean, look at this, man. The last show, you guys did some shit and you fucking hyped um, Matt Riddle low key. That was going to be the fucking joint. That was going to be a Jersey All Pro exclusive match. And everybody knows if there's going to be a place where dream matches happen involving low key, that's fucking jersey all pro that's nowhere but jersey all pro except for you did the promos you did the hype and guess what that shit's going to gcw blood sport in fucking new orleans yeah i mean that's that's fucking bizarre it's bizarre 
You you can't even set up a match and execute. It's done. It's over. It's fucking finished. You could do this as your little like you know uh, pet project, and you could try to you know put all the words you want behind it to try to hype it up and act like it means something, but it doesn't mean a fucking thing. It means you're trying to reinvent a wheel, and and it's fucking nothing. It's absolutely fucking nothing, and it, it's it's not genuine. It's not it's not fucking anything. You could talk it up to the Jersey All Pro tradition. Yeah, you know, it's it's not it's not that at all. And the thing is, is the rich history of Jersey All Pro, the legacy the Jersey All Pro built, the the fucking foundation of what that was. You either continue what the fuck that was. Or you fucking pack it up. You you can't create something new out of something with such a legacy. And, and I said the same thing about CZW. Oh, we're trying to do this and this for TV. You either market what the fuck CZW is and always was to a television product. And sell it for the unique fucking product that it was from day one. Was unique. Was different. Like nothing else. You're going to fucking smash it into something that you think looks pretty on TV and all your fans will walk the fuck away. You know what they'll get on TV? They'll get the back of your fan shirts as they walk out of the fucking building because that's that's what you're doing. You're bastardizing your fans, sending them the fuck out of here and going, no, no, but I know what I'm doing. Uh, nah, they, ain't, they ain't trying to hear that shit. Fucking fans are walking away from there. Michael Adecchio is having a little birthday party in your fucking ring and telling everybody he knows that GCW is doing far better shit right now. Him, Cookie Guy, all those fucking guys, all your loyal fans are pledging their fucking allegiance monthly to GCW because that's that's where they're getting their money's worth. I'm not shitting on them saying that or anything like that because they're legitimately getting their money's worth at, your, uh, at GCW. And then Jersey All-Pro, look, Monster Mac went on the fucking on interviews talking about how, you know, TJ Marconi is the fucking future. And this guy is so good. He's so good. He's so behind him. I didn't see anybody. I didn't see any fucking Monster Mac chiming in defending this fucking guy last week when when that shit was happening. And we'll 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 segue from what I'm I'm saying here to this. The TJ Marconi situation. Here Here's my opinion on it. OK. Um, I've always thought he was trash. I've I've never thought he was good. He's on my Facebook friend list because he added me, not because I added him. I never I was never impressed a single day by his work. Um, now look, anybody can improve. Anybody can you know um, evolve and and continue to to progress and get better. And I never you know I never close the door on that and say the dude will never be shit. But as of right now, he's a shindy worker. He's a big he's. He's a shindy big man. That's what he is. And that's, I mean, that's what he's fucking built to be. He doesn't, I mean, you don't see this dude getting more, you know, physically impressive. And he's not like killing it in the fucking gym and like, oh shit, man. Every time I see this dude, he's more shredded. Like, nah, this is how these fucking indie guys go. This this is how these fucking shindy guys run around. They just, they treat them fucking selves like shit. They show up. They're the best they're going to be. And it is what it is. And it's fine. You know, if that's the world they want to exist in, that's fine. Now, you know, I'm not saying that just to shit on the guy or this or that. But, like, I don't know what you expect out of this guy. Other than a guy like Steve Mack who's putting this fucking guy over and trying to make him something. Just because, in my opinion, it's because he's cheap talent. It's it's something he can book. And if suddenly fans start giving a fuck because Steve Mack put him over, 
well, shit, that guy's not going to cost them a lot to book. And it's matches that people haven't seen because no one wants to book that shit. No one's looking for that. I mean, come on. Let's be fucking realistic about what this this is right here with this dude. So that that's number one. Number two, I don't. I didn't see the problem with what happened. I, I really didn't see what the fucking problem with what what happened was. It, it was a a shindy big man squashing other shindy workers who were possibly, you know, uh, more more green or or more rookies than than he was. I didn't say anything fucking crazy. I a chop, a fucking slap, a like a dominator, which is kind of a crazy move because like you know a power bomb a dude could land flat on their back, um, like that dominator, like that fucking uh, who's doing that fucking Farouk? That type of shit. You either have to have an opponent who's gonna fully lay out and take like a fucking flat stomach bump to make it look like, oh, fuck, that's legit. Or it's just going to look crazy because they're going to try to, like, ball up and fucking, like, fall to, like, you know, hit their knees and shit. It's, it's just going to look crazy. It's just a dumb move. It's it's one of those things, like, you, you have to have a guy who... Rick Blade used to do a move. I know it's crazy to go from, like, Farouk to Rick Blade, but um, just bear with me. Rick Blade used to have a move. I forget what the fuck he called it, but, um... Still to this day, like, I, I want to see someone fucking adopt that move because I thought it was dope as fuck. He used to pick a dude up like a power bomb, and then he'd, like, push his ass up over his head and fucking, like, face buster. You know, he'd go from fucking power bomb to face buster, you know, flip, bam. And Trent, who was always feuding with Blade, and, you know, it would be backseats versus Blade and Mondo or backseats versus, um fucking uh blade and burke on a lot of shindies and stuff and uh you know fucking nwa tom's river or whatever the fuck um he he would take that flat fucking bump and it looked like fucking gold shit looked amazing but again if he tried that move on somebody who was gonna bail on that shit it would just look crazy you know what i mean so that's one of those things that you know if he's gonna do that he's got to know that my opponent isn't going to make this fucking move look good. I might as well just hit him with the power bomb because if he lands flat on his back, he lands flat on his back. So I don't even know that that move was so much unsafe so much as it just was going to look like shit considering the circumstances and then like a big boot or whatever, dude, like everything considered, I don't see what he did wrong. Again, I don't, I don't think he's a great worker at all, but I do not see what he did wrong considering the circumstances of what it was, what it was supposed to be. I mean, these guys were running in. Clearly, that was supposed to be him squashing them as they ran in the fucking ring. I've seen assholes like fucking uh, Joey Janela and fucking uh, JT Dunn being like, oh, yeah, I have matches and I make, I make people who aren't as good as me look really good in the ring. It, like, he was supposed to make dudes that were running in to get squashed look good in the ring? It, it, was that was that supposed to be the goal? It, to me, it looked like dudes were going to run in, and he was going to run through all of them. He wasn't going to turn one of them into, like, a fucking superstar by bringing a good match out of him or something. Like, these dudes weren't having a match, as far as I could see. Again, I... You know, it was only a clip that I saw, and it was like, one dude climbing the ring, catch a boot. One dude climbing the ring, catch a chop. One dude climbing the ring, catch the dominator move thing. 
I, I don't see where he was supposed to suddenly turn these guys into a fantastic match. So I, I don't really get that fucking side of things. And then, uh, you know, Ethan Page had all sorts of, all oh, this disgusts me and this and that. I mean, to me, Shindy's disgust me. A bunch of people working shitty matches in front of fucking 50 people annoys me. It just does. I, I don't like wrestling that much that I think it should be done to a lower level and, and just fucking tolerated. And everybody who wants to call themselves wrestlers are just fucking wrestlers because they paid some fucking guy monthly. The guy runs a company. And now you're a fucking wrestler and he'll book fucking 20 years retired WWE guys and ECW guys and WCW guys. And you're the best out of all the fucking shitty wrestlers on his company. So you'll be the main event against those guys that someone heard of. <coughs> and they'll bring fucking 40 people in the ring tops and, and or, you know, uh, 40 people, hundred people, whatever the, you know, the area draws as far as just a poster that says wrestling and, And that's it. And they get to be wrestlers. Those guys are living their dream. They're fucking wrestlers. It's not for me. I I don't fucking respect it. I I, I don't think that that shit should be fucking like if if you're the guys who are on the show and it's just another payday for you and you could work your ass off. Like, look, Donnie B used to run those shows. Uh, It was um, before it was Phoenix Championship Wrestling. He had uh, big buck promotions and shit like this. He was booking guys like fucking Christopher Daniels, like the Backseat Boys, like um, you know, all sorts of motherfuckers, you know, then there was three, four matches on there. That was just garbage, shindy nonsense. But for the rest of the card, it was guys that were, you know, legit indie workers that were, you know, getting more ring time in, they were getting more paydays. There were, you know, there was a purpose behind it. You know, these top to bottom shindy cards that aren't really worth shit. I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, you know, obviously I get it as far as if the promoter makes money doing this bullshit, then fine. But when there's quality wrestling out there and people are spending their money on that because it's, you know, 10 minutes up the road or whatever, I don't know. It's just me. And, and because I, I expect, I have a higher expectation for my entertainment. And that's why, you know, people, people have a problem with a lot of the things I say, because I don't tolerate the bullshit. It's, it's not for me. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to agree with what I'm saying. You could you could attend every Shindy show on the East Coast, fucking next week, the week after. Doesn't make a fucking difference to me. I'm just telling you my opinion. Um, so, so I don't know why everybody's so appalled. Number one, number two, Joey Janela goes on this shit. You know, like yeah, fucking, I would have made you. This is why you belong in the Shindies, and you know this is why you're this and this, and 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 this is what I would have done, and this and that. But meanwhile, Joey Janela was in the building when Danny Damano fucking power bombed that fucking girl on her head, broke her fucking collarbone, uh, dislocated her neck, fucked her whole fucking shit up, and then cut a promo on how she's a rat while she was laying her all fucked up. So people pick and choose where their morals lie. You know what I mean? But that's the booker. That's okay because that's the booker guy, so it's all right. So that that's the thing I don't understand that I don't respect about these indie guys. You know, when they go on these tirades online about professionalism and this and this and, oh, uh, yeah, that's, you know, th- this is how it should be and this is how things are conducted. But then they're in the fucking building Piling up with motherfuckers who were powerbombing chicks on their fucking head and severely injuring them. That's okay. Because that's their boy. That's that's the promoter. That's that's the guy who's going to get them somewhere. But when some other asshole 
does something that's not even remotely close to as severe. Now you got a fucking high moral stance and tell them how the business should be and why you don't belong in it and this and this. It's all bullshit. Just like everybody, you know, could fucking me too and me too and yeah, everybody's fucking, everybody's on board and yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I support you. I support women. I this and this. And then they're all fucking hugging up with the necro butcher that was balling up and punching a woman in the head because uh, she spent his money and shit. You know, and then it's like, oh, you don't understand the situation. No, I understand the situation fully. It was all fucking detailed online. He fucking agreed to what happened. Like, he didn't say, no, that's not what happened. He said, yeah, yeah, what would you do in my position? Oh, I would not I would not punch a woman in, in her fucking head while she's curled up on a fucking uh, uh, a lazy boy begging for you to stop fucking hitting her with the kid in the next room. That I wouldn't do. So, again... Excuse me for being a dickhead who doesn't respect that type of behavior, but I'll be that. I'll be that till the day I fucking die. I'll be the guy who doesn't respect that shit, who doesn't give a fuck that you're a wrestler or you're not a wrestler or whatever. That shit, that shit's not cool. Like, if someone at your fucking job did that, it wouldn't be cool. But when it's the necro butcher, it's like, ah, yeah, 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 hey, don't, you know, don't, never mind that. No, no, nah, that's that shit's that shit's not cool with me. Morally, that's not fucking cool with me. You know, uh, so um, that that's just my feelings on things. I I hate to see people take a high moral stance on things when they allow other shit to fly, depending on the circumstance, depending on who it is. You know, they they pick where their morals are going to show up. You know, very morally selective, I should say. You know. It's crazy. I mean, that's just that's just the way that the um, the indies run. And I, I guess on a higher level too, you know, the WWE or whatever the case. It, it's just uh, it's just despicable to me. You know, like I said, I I don't know what you expect out of this dude, but I also again don't don't really see what the uh, the outrage was about. So um, so yeah, that's that. Yo, the the, the fucking Jags signed. Resigned fucking Blake Bortles for a three-year, fifty more, fifty-four million dollar deal. Yo, like, why? Like, what? What? What did y'all see in Blake Bortles that everybody else were were looking at? Like, man, the Jags will be dangerous if they got a quarterback. The Jags will be dangerous if we got a quarterback. And then it was like, oh, we're we're gonna go ahead and commit to the one we got. Like, oh, fuck. I mean, oh shit. That takes, as far as I'm concerned, that takes the Jaguars out of the fucking running. You know, they could show up come playoff time again. But that ain't going to fucking get them past, you know, a New England in the playoffs or some of the other teams that are building. You know? I mean, shit is crazy. Shit is fucking bizarre. I, I can't even imagine what they would fucking... Blake Bortles. I mean, and he had some decent games in there. His best games just couldn't get it done. So, I, I don't know. Uh, it's all right. You know, people can criticize, you know, our Jimmy G move all they want, but I, I think we'll be in better shape than that type of long-term move. You know, whether it be next year or the year after or whatever, I think the Jimmy G move is going to look way, way uh more successful of a decision than re-signing Blake Bortles for three fucking years, $54 million. Are you fucking, um, 
what else? Um, oh, yeah, real quick. Um, actually, I'll wait till the Facebook Live thing for that. All right, uh, here's some questions, topics, all of this that uh, I got here on my Facebook. Uh, David, David Long said, uh, here's something that grinds my gears, and I'm not trying to sound like a dick about it either. Sure, you do your drills, go through the mats, but why do some wrestlers refuse to go to a gym? Bro, I, I say this shit all the time, and, you know, it makes me sound crazy because, uh, you know, I keep saying it and harping on it, and wrestlers are like, oh, you know, that's you know, they, they don't understand that shit. It's not just me. I mean, it, it looks like absolute shit. Um, I, I feel like you should, you should apply yourself to what you're doing. I, I feel like if you're presenting yourself in a physical arena, you should show the fuck up. I mean, it's your profession. I mean, presentation is definitely a big part of what the fuck you do. And if, if you don't believe in that, then that's, that's your business. Yeah, I mean, if you want to look like fucking Lena Dunham with your shirt off, fucking have at it, dude. Yeah, I mean, I I don't pay you. I ain't, you know, I'm not the one fucking, you know, buying you t-shirts and shit. You know, I mean, it, that's that's how you can d- conduct your stuff. Then uh, then have at it. You know, it is what it is. But you know, there are people out there that that don't that don't think that's cool, and um. Yeah, we would highly prefer that their athletes take themselves seriously and, um, you know, try to be at least attempt to push themselves to to their highest extent, to their um, full potential. That's the term I was looking for. Um, top five CCW shows I attended. Man, that's hard because I read that earlier and then did no fucking thinking about it. So um, I- I'll tell you like this. Um 2002 was probably my favorite year at CCW, hands down. Um, they had gotten into the arena and just went fucking ballistic. You know, they picked up where shit left off. A lot of my fondest memories of CCW came in 2002. Now, you know, yearly when Best of the Best came around, Tournament of Death came around, Cage of Death came around, every fucking time, those were like holidays for me for, for many years, many, many years those shows were just special every fucking time. I never walked out of a best of the best, uh, a cage of death, uh, a tournament of death upset. You know, never. I mean, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a possibility. Like those shows always performed. So you knew when you went to one of those shows, it, it was just, it was going to live up to the fucking standard that you knew it was and top a lot of times top your expectations. So let's just put those out of the way because Again, those those always stood on a different level. Let's go with Deja Vu. Uh, that was, um, you know, Zandig Lobo, no rope barbed wire. One of the craziest fucking things I've ever seen live. Um, my favorite no rope barbed wire match, hands down. To this day, I haven't seen it topped. I haven't seen something I like better than what they did. Um, it, it was just really fucking crazy so much about that match was just um really great down from you know the spots fucking lobo hanging upside down by the barbed wire um the you know the false start with uh you know wife beater and and lobo you know where they tease that shit wife beater gets taken out fucking zandig's music hits comes in and, and the shit just goes fucking upward from there 
all the way down to the detail of Lobo wearing a white fucking shirt and a Nova barbed wire match, which I can't stress enough how fucking awesome that is. Because when you show up with a fucking white shirt in the beginning of the match, there's nothing wrong with that white shirt. In the end of it, there's rips, there's blood coming through your shirt. That the fucking the um the aesthetic of that is so fucking cool, you know. And uh, I I think that's I'm surprised it's not done more. You know, the people who wear shirts in the ring and stuff like that. When it comes to the deathmatch stuff, I'm really surprised. Uh, you know, more white shirts aren't aren't worn. Because it really does come off cool as hell. Deja Vu is definitely one. Um, man, you know, it's crazy because, uh, you know, the White Beaters retirement match was supposed to be in Delaware initially. Um, there were not a lot of people there. I think it was slightly rainy and everything like that. Uh, the aura of that shit even going in was amazing. I still have a piece of the barbed wire on my, uh, up, up by my mirror over here. And, um, yeah, that that was dope. Obviously, you know, when they went back in and they did it a couple weeks later, I believe it was, at the, the original Night of Infamy. I mean, that, that's got to stack up there. Again, I know I, I, know I said I wasn't going to go with Cage of Deaths, but um, Cage of Death, just following that, the spot where Zandig and Lobo, Lobo had Zandig on his shoulders, and uh, there's shit set up in the ring. And he was initially going to take the DVD into the ring, you know, with Zandig, which is ex exactly what you would expect, because that was what was set up. That's what looked at, you know, but previous to the match, there were tables set up around the ring and everything like that. So you didn't really even think anything about it. And he fucking goes 180, turns around and just dives off the side of the cage right fucking in front of us. And those tables just fucking <laughs> just like turned into particles and they hit the, the fucking concrete floor right in front of us. It was like, holy shit. That was one of the biggest holy shit um, moments I've ever seen. I mean, just just fucking bananas. Um, the high stakes show with, um, with the Canadians. That was awesome, too. Because that, that, that was the birth, pretty much. Um, you know, Jersey All Pro had brought them in as well, but... That, to me, was the birth of El Generico, Kevin Steen. Um, yeah, it had excess and um, a sexy Eddie in that match, too. But that was the birth of those fucking guys who became, you know, obviously such big stars. Look at Kevin Owens on TV, Sami Zayn. Um, that was the fucking birth of those guys in the United States. You know, and they, they've even given credit to, you know, Eddie for opening the door with the Spider-Man blood shit at Tournament of Death and all of that stuff. But, I mean, that show right there was was the fucking birth of that shit. Um, fuck, man. I'm trying to remember the uh, the show. I think it was called, like, This Time It's Personal. Had a badass fucking Justice Payne to Gage match. Um, I want to say this was, like, I think that was probably 2002, too. Or 2003 latest. Um, amazing. I mean, just, just fucking amazing. Um, you know, it really showed what Gage could do in the ring. Because Gage was, you know, doing a lot of hardcore shit. And he was doing this and that. When he got in there with his brother, he started to really, really gel. And do some real technical shit that, I mean, you saw out of him. But you maybe didn't see out of him. But, you know, and at the time, 
most of us didn't even know that these guys were brothers. It took a little bit before that started even coming out because, you know, the Internet was still, uh, you know, not in its infancy, but it was still early. And um, when these guys were fucking going at it, man, like you could tell now looking back, like these guys were competing. These guys were kind of trying to show each other up and fucking bring out the best in each other as well. So uh, this, this was some this was some good shit. You know, that type of thing. They ended up doing the uh, the handcuff spot at the end where uh, fucking they handcuffed Gage. I think it was that was uh, Steve, Steve uh, Riles. Was it Steve Royds? I, I don't know. They, they fucking they handcuffed this dude. I know I'm, I'm terrible with memory, but um, they handcuffed the dude and they were giving him like the fucking Cactus Jack fucking chair shots while he's handcuffed. I mean. Just, just fucking bananas. That, that's one of them for sure. Obviously, the first show I ever went to has a special place in my heart. You know, crushing the competition. Uh, you know, the crazy hardcore match in the middle. The fucking Briscoes, CNM for the first time, SAT for the first time. Uh, you know, Tajiri Justice Payne at the main event. Um, you know, I mean, just so much about that was awesome. Um, I mean, yeah, the the aura of that oh one oh two. And and it continued to you know be awesome for years. Uh, it's it's so hard for me to pinpoint shows you know thinking about it because I keep coming you know thinking of different things and I know I'm forgetting a million things because I, I mean I went every single month for over ten years so um, it's tough. I mean those are a couple off the top of my head. I don't know that I legitimately hit. Um, uh, I don't know that I hit that many. Um, enough is enough. I think that was one. That was one with um, a Trent Acid ruckus match that was fucking awesome. That was one of those classics. Those two had you know tremendous chemistry. Um, and I think that was the one too where they fucking did the chair riot and one of the best chair riots I've ever seen. You know they do that shit where they throw the chairs in the ring, and most of the ones that we've seen these days, people are getting all hyped up because they got to be part of it. But these things pale in comparison to what it was then. And that, I think it was the bar. Z-Bar was fucking buried under the fucking chairs. The motherfuckers really hated him. So they were <laughs> they were trying to kill him with the chairs even when he was buried. They fucking filled that ring with chairs. And then fucking Zandig poured lighter fluid on the top and lit the fucking pile of chairs on fire. So awesome. So fucking awesome. Um, man, there were, there was just so much. So much I've seen over the years that was just, uh, you know, again, not going into Cage of Deaths because, you know, I was there for Cage of Death 5. I was there for Cage of Death 4. Um, it's just, you know, all those tournament of deaths over the years were just a fucking event. I mean, it, it was so fucking crazy. You know, uh, I mean, every you know, I had some messy fucking years being a CCW fan, you know, my drinking years and stuff. One of those tournament of deaths. I think it was the one that Danny Havoc won. And I had like a fucking, like a cooler, like a good size fucking cooler in front of me. And just like a, like a bottle of fucking vodka and shit in there. And it's just like getting fucking hammered. Like that type of shit, like that party atmosphere. There was a time and a place for me in my life where that was just like so fucking cool. And I get it, you know, that some people are still doing that type of shit now, obviously. And there's a younger age group that that's hitting that fucking peak. You know, when I had that that point in my life or whatever, before I steered myself onto the fucking, 
you know, back onto the fucking road. But, um, it, you know, it just doesn't entertain me anymore. And it doesn't, um, you know, I don't, I can't romanticize about that now. You know, I can look back and say, you know, at that point in my life, that shit was really cool. But I also go like, oh, what a dirtbag I was, you know? Um, but, you know, like at the time, like those were really cool fucking shows doing that type of shit. I mean, even back early fucking, uh, ECW, CZW arena. I mean, we were smoking fucking cigarettes in there. Now, if I'm fucking surrounded by people smoking cigarettes, I'm fucking, I can't, I, I couldn't exist in that fucking building. Back then, I thought it was cool as fuck that I could smoke cigarettes in the building. Now it's, you know, I haven't smoked cigarettes in like fucking 15 years or so. Um, so it's, you know, it's night and day, you know, times have changed so much. And, um, yeah, it's really hard to pinpoint five shows. That's just what I can come up with uh, off the top of my head. Um, let me see. Uh, CZW results. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get into it. Uh, GCW in Chicago. I mean, uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Crane's area over there. I guess he's gonna have a lot to do with putting together the show. You know, they took it to Wisconsin or whatever with Danny Havoc, and they put on a great fucking show there. So. Uh, blood sport versus spring break. What's going to be a bigger show? I don't, I don't fucking know. I, I really don't know what they're booking for each thing. I know they got Matt Riddle low key. Um, and then I had heard something about, um, no bloods allowed out there in, uh, New Orleans. So I, it's weird to name a fucking show blood sport, um, and not have any blood, but, uh, you know. I don't know. Um, I think Shaheen asked me that if that's going to hurt the shows. I don't think so. I don't think it's that type of crowd when it comes down to like, um, you know, selling to a WrestleMania crowd. I don't think blood even needs to exist. Honestly. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I love death matches and I love that type of thing, but I think when it comes to just making money off of the local WWE fly in people, whether they're into the death matches on their home scene or not, I don't think that like make or breaks a show, you know, it's not like, you know, you're not um, catering to a bloodthirsty crowd, you know, as far as the WWE fans. Um, and yeah, obviously, like I said, there's some crossover, but I, I don't think that make or breaks a show makes or breaks a show. Um, dude asks, what if Chris Hero had been the third member of the Shield instead of Roman Reigns, as they said was planned? I think it would have failed. I know people like to shit on uh, Roman Reigns, but the dude's got the fucking look. He's got the marketability. He was able to be the fucking poster guy while fucking uh, Ambrose and fucking Rollins went out there and shined and got matches over. But Roman Reigns was like the the centerpiece where people would fucking look at this dude like, Oh shit. And he was doing the power bomb move where they'd help him up to this and this. I don't think Chris hero would have had the same fucking impact. I really don't. And especially, you know, when his body just continued to decline and he just kept getting comically fatter. Um, I mean, the flak jacket would have worked really well cause it would have covered his, his gut and maybe they could have really like tightened it up, you know? So, uh, there's that. Um, let me see. All right, here's the other thread. Uh, thoughts on No Blood during WrestleMania weekend. How it'll impact. Yeah, I just covered that. Um, another dude asked, uh, don't know why. This always seems to be a topic for me. Once again, how about wrestlers sending out merch when you pay them for it? Uh, due to some circumstances out of his control, 
I've given him since August 2017 when I paid him to make good on it. Uh, now I've received no response since the beginning of January, and that was him telling me he would send me merch that I didn't order, which we agreed on, but since then, nothing. Uh, look, I mean, the thing is, is I don't think it's a good fucking uh, business model. You know, um, well... I don't even want to say business model. I don't think it's a very good idea as a consumer to order things online from indie wrestlers. I really don't. I don't think it's it's a good idea at all. Um, you see these motherfuckers in the flesh, you want to buy a t-shirt? I, I think that's that's the safest way you can go about it. I'm not saying, you know, you're a fool for doing it, but you got to know there's a higher risk. It, this these are not this is not a legitimate business. Some of these guys don't have real fucking jobs and they're just like weekenders, you know, doing this fucking shit and trying to patch together a dollar here and there and they're scraping together money just to get to where the fuck they're going and then sometimes a promoter will screw them and this will happen and that'll happen. And I'm not justifying what's going on, but I'll just say that like these are not people who have fucking ends. I mean, some of these dudes, they they don't really, you know, they travel from couch to couch to house to house to fucking here to there to there to there. So there's not like a home base that they're at if they're traveling like that. Like, oh, I'll ship that out from my house. Like, I got to find a post office in the town I wind up with to fucking hope I have enough money to put this fucking shirt together that's been crammed under the fucking seat to the guys who I'm riding with to the next fucking town to, you know, so I could get this out to, and yeah, that's what should be done. If that's what you're selling, if that's what you're advertising, um, you're, you're taking people's money. That's, that's all the hoops you should jump through in order to get people their shit if need be. But again, as a consumer, I, I, I would, uh, buyer beware with all of that shit. Um, you know, again, this goes back to the, you know, the moral shit too, where, Josh Crane continues to tell people like, Oh, that's bad business. When like some dude fucked fans over or something like that. But like this dude still owes me fucking money. And, and I could send anybody who wants it the screenshots that he said, all future proceeds from my shirts or and wrestling will go to you until I pay you back. Well, that was fucking like a long time ago, over six months ago. And I, I received not a dollar, you know, he, he just no sells it and no sells it. And then just continues to stand on his fucking high horse and go around and tell people like, oh, that's bad business, brother. Oh, yeah. And just, just talk that bullshit. Talk all that bullshit. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that is what it is. Um, what can you expect out of a dude like that? Um, again, it, you, just, you just learn who not to fuck with. Um, Eric wants to know, uh, Talk about the guys from the times that I went to shows that thought should have gotten signed but didn't. Honestly, this is a tough one because it's like, you know, there was there was a time where I, I thought a lot of the fucking guys should have been signed. You know, your AJ Styles, your your you know, your Chris Heroes, your your all of those guys. Most of those guys have now been signed. Um you know, when you had the guys that back in the day AJ Styles would get fucking, you know, AJ Styles and Air Paris on fucking WCW. AJ Styles would get a, a dark match at best on WWE. So the landscape wasn't even right for the people who were going to get signed to get signed. 
So it's tough to say, like, you know, who should have got signed? Because back then, like, there wasn't a space for these athletic wrestlers. There wasn't anywhere for these guys to go to to do that. You know, it just wasn't – it wasn't built for that. So it's really tough to say. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know, obviously, you know, Trent had his uh, possibilities and really should have done a lot more. But he had his demons. And, and again, the, the – the doors still weren't open. Now the doors are open to indie talent, to athletic matches, to this type of thing. You know, whether the schedule just continues to eat these guys up and spit them out, it'll be what it is. Um, but it's not a, you know, it's not something that uh, that is off the table as far as these guys getting signed when you see how talented they are and they, that, that guy should be signed, so so be it. Um, you know, so, uh, it's tough for me to say any of that. Cause I don't know, you know, I, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a landscape for those guys to get signed. Even if you'd say they should have been, what would they have done with them? You know? So yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much that. Um, trying to see if I have any other shit that I can get into on the, uh, like do like a Facebook and, uh, yeah, I'll just do I'll just do a quick one, and we'll see what uh see what we do with that. I'm gonna let me see if I have any uh yeah. All right, let me uh take a break. I'll try to get this Facebook Live thing going, and uh and then I'll wrap the show up because it, it's really not uh like I don't have a ton of shit to uh. To go with anyway. This was kind of you know like a spur of the moment type of thing on a Saturday, and uh, let's let's see what goes on. I'm I'm just kind of looking at my phone while I'm doing this because I know once I go live, I'm not gonna be able to look at my fucking phone. So, uh, yeah, let's um, all right. yeah, let me let me play the song so I can stop fucking babbling into the mic. Put two fucking songs up here. Let's go with this. I told you a long time ago. You Nigga. 
niggas knowing my seat like Ron G. You know he coincide with me, see? Marvelous, finish, both society. But anyway, let's go. Champagne thoughts for ghosts. I match the most. Shotguns to the nose. Fuck rap, hip hop for me, your shop. Low ass and Tommy Hill flop shit with a knock. The way the unpredictable live shit. Cloud watch it, do a dash it. I take your line shit. And then you know, I'm running through the P now. Fast. show up in the chat over here see what's going on got any fucking questions topics whatever um wax from formerly from czw a longtime photographer for czw turned um wrestler um just recently the other day cut off his fucking thumb and uh with like a table saw or some shit brutal brutal fucking injury damn like uh hate to see shit like that not just because, like, I think he's a good dude, but because it's disgusting. Yeah, you know I mean, like, when I see that shit, it's fucking gross. Um, if you see it, it's it's not good. It's not a good thing. So it's gone. Like, it's, like, fucking gone. Um, bad times. Uh, he's got a, a GoFundMe up, which dude's got, like, almost three grand in there already. Because I guess he had, uh, well, obviously he had hospital bills and I'm guessing no insurance. So, um, yeah, he's got almost three grand in there. So I guess go hit him up if you're into doing that type of thing and helping people out. I'm not, um, yeah, no offense, but I don't know. It, it's, it's weird. It's like a different landscape that, um, you know, you could suddenly be like, yo, I got this high ass bill. Hey, yo, internet hit me up. <laughs> I mean, good for them. Like I ain't got to shit on it, but it's just, it's just weird. You know, times have changed quite a bit. Um, so yeah, if you want to see a brutal fucking injury, go uh go look at that shit. That's fucking gross. Um what else do I got to talk about? Um I see uh Chris Lawrence in there. So obviously he wants me to talk about some fucking NASCAR. That's uh that's what's up there. Uh <laughs> So, uh, that's uh I think saying the word NASCAR is about the extent of me talking about NASCAR. Um what else is going on? Um I'm trying to think. Fuck. Like I said, uh, the cat, uh, 
Jersey All Pro going on tonight. I, I've heard nothing. I heard nobody excited about it. Um, I don't know if Teddy Hart's there. I have no idea. It was supposed to be Homicide, Teddy Hart, and Jeez. Uh, uh, Chris Lawrence wants me to talk about curling. I mean, that's there's about the same amount of uh, possibilities of me watching curling as there is watching NASCAR. It's just not going to happen. I don't really understand curling, to be honest with you. I don't know that anyone does. It's like uh, they just kind of let go of a thing, sweep the fucking ice. Someone wins, and apparently it's a talent. I, I don't know shit about it. But um, what, what the fuck? Um, thought there was other shit for me to get into. But um, yeah, what else is going on? Um, so... Jersey All Pro, like I said, just just to touch back on this again, because I said it a lot earlier on the podcast. I did over an hour now, and that's why, you know, I talked about all my topics on my phone. So <laughs> now I'm left with just about nothing. I got to rehash some of it. Uh, anyone got topics, anything you want me to talk about, just fucking throw it up. I'll throw my opinion on it. Um, but um, Jersey All Pro is trying to be reinvented by Steve Mack. And, um, my opinion, Steve Mack doesn't know what he's doing as far as that goes. Um, the dude, he's got a bunch of uh, Jersey All Pro Worldwide that he did a month or two ago, a couple months back now. It was just garbage. It was just B talent. And um, somehow the fans were supposed to get excited about like the resurgence of Jersey All Pro and supposedly building the future. But that's not the way the Indies work anymore. I mean, you could pull up a guy who's got a shitload of talent, but you're not going to like build a card from top to bottom and call it the, the future. It's like everybody, you know, there's so many indies out there that there's going to be someone who already knew about the fucking dude. And you're surely not going to put together a card of unknowns. that's going to blow the roof off. And come on, that, that was never the plan. It was just cheap talent that you were going to try to make money off of. But, um, that's crazy. Um, that's the thing, you know, you get a lot of people to play these politics and, I've had a lot of people talk about me negatively online, you know, you, you different, uh, wrestlers and, uh, fans of, of said wrestlers and, uh, you know, the, uh, the death match groups and shit that got all riled up about me. A lot of the problem is, is, um, I'm real as fuck, man. And, and that's not like patting myself on the back or trying to like, uh, you know, you know, put myself in a different light than, than, you know, what it is. But, but I'll tell you the truth, whether I like it or whether I don't. And a lot of times I don't like it, and people don't like to hear that shit. There's so many people to be straight up fake. Um, you know, for instance, let's talk about Steve Mack real quick. Um, that dude doesn't like me. But he'll smile at me every time and say hi to me in my face and, and all of this. But then he'll turn around and talk shit to Hamhead about me and all of that. It is what it is. I, You know, I, I take people at face value. You know, and, and you can see through that nonsense and it is, you know, it's whatever. People could respect that dude, you know, like that dude, and that's fine. I don't have no heat with the dude. I don't have no beef with the dude. But once you see what they're about, and you see that they're all smiles in your face and shit behind your back, you know, they could say, oh, J-Cat's negative. J-Cat's all negative, yo. How, how could that fucking guy, you know, why is he always saying this negative shit? Well, why are you only saying negative shit when people aren't around? Like, why are you smiling in motherfuckers' faces and you don't really feel that way? Suddenly, my negativity isn't that bad because it's honest. You know what I mean? And it's not. I'm all, not all negative by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, you could ask motherfuckers that, like, 
needed any kind of help with trying to motivate themselves physically, do some athletic shit. Like I got no problem with helping, helping with any of that type of shit. If someone actually wanted to, the thing is, is like, you know, I talk shit about Joey Janela's fucking, um, Lena Dunham body, but I, there was a point where he saw my fucking gym pictures and like, dude, I got to fucking train with you. And I'm like, yo, come down. He knows where the fuck I'm at. He's been to the fucking retro that I train at and shit. He's been there. Like I've seen his, you know, the shit like Joey Janela has been here where I check in, you know, uh, I think Danny D'Amato has been there too. Haven't seen him since. Always looking for him on leg day. Uh, so, uh, but like the dude, you know, at one point or another and he hit me up and I'm like, yeah, dude, you know, come down, whatever. He's like, yeah, I Uber down there a bunch or whatever. I'm like, yeah, fucking let's get it. You know what I mean? I don't have a problem with that. And, and let's do what I do. Let's fucking push it. You know what I mean? Let's get some fucking, you know, pause, but let, let's fucking get at it. You know, I got my dude Nick out there in Chicago, man, doing his fucking thing. He's in the gym on a regular fucking basis, and he's crushing it. I hit him up, yo, you you want any, you know, you want any advice, you want any help, you need any suggestions, you need, yo, yo, thanks. Da, da, da. It's not a problem. I don't have a problem with helping people, motivating people, whatever. But, I mean, if you're on some bullshit, and then you also want people not to talk about you being on some bullshit, then maybe you shouldn't be on some bullshit. Either that or, or get comfortable with it and start getting used to motherfuckers talking about you in that light. Yeah, you know I mean, what up, Zach? But that that's what it is because when I was drinking every fucking day of the week, I was going through over a hundred beers a fucking week, and like easily because I was I was eating a thirty pack every two days. Uh, Saturday nights was fucking way worse, and Sundays I started first thing in the morning. Shit was crazy, and still working six days a week. So when I was doing that. If people looked at me in a negative light, that was deservingly so. I mean, that's I, I was I was on some bullshit. So in retrospect, while you're doing it, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear negativity about themselves. But if you could look at yourself in retrospect, you go, you know what? They had a fucking point. You know, I understand why people unfriended me back then and this and this. At this point, if people don't like what the fuck I'm about, hop off. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I mean, I you know I've seen some people talking different things and saying that like um. You know, people, people who can't understand other people's opinions, I, I don't like them, I hate them, or whatever. I, I for the most part, um, I draw a pretty hard line on, on some things. You know, if I'm really passionate about something and someone has the opposite opinion, I don't really have to honor or um, uh, humor your opinion. I don't. I mean, it's just, I don't feel the way I feel because I think I might be right and might be wrong. I mean, if you're really passionate about something, you should really feel that you're right and, and you shouldn't waver on that. You know, you hear other people's thoughts and opinions on things and go, oh, OK, well, maybe they feel that way. And you don't need to hate them because of it. But in the same token, I don't need to honor your bullshit. It is what it is. Just be fucking real. I mean, that, that's all I ask. I mean, if if someone tells you, yo, I don't, I don't like the way you fucking roll. I, I don't like the way, you, you know, you said this or I don't agree with your opinion on that. And like, all right, cool. He's like, oh, I, I think Jake has a dickhead because, uh, you know, he, he hates every fucking match I have. Well, okay, well, I mean, I, I'll i tell you why I didn't like it. I, I'll tell you, you know, what I liked and what I didn't like, you know. I, I've explained these shows front to back, uh, you know, and I, I watch it and I go, I didn't like this. I like this. I think this looked good. I think this looked good. The last The last show we had over there was better than this one. I, I don't know. I, I do a lot of putting shit over, too. What's going on, Chris? But yeah, um, yeah, but throw up any topics you want in there, guys. Um, I'll talk about whatever. Um, it, it's just, 
you know, you get to a certain point, and again, I'm turning 40 next month. I don't, I don't give a motherfucker what people on the internet feel about me. I, I, it's weird that. <laughs> So the weird thing is I don't give a fuck, but I continue to talk to people on the fucking internet. So obviously there's there's some level of giving a fuck, but um, it, it's less than um than people think as far as the um you know people doing their little discussions about me in the deathmatch groups and shit like that. Like I don't, you guys don't exist. <laughs> you really don't. Um, some of those dudes are just fucking unreal i mean the dude says he's gonna stab me and shit at king of the death match can you imagine me going fucking 12 14 hours away from my house to get stabbed <laughs> i mean you know goddamn well that shit's not happening so um it's just wild the way that some people uh who's uh who's the best cult fiction member in my opinion um hmm i mean that's tough uh brain damage Brain Damage was the fucking Terminator. I mean, it, his fucking aura and his um his appearance was just fucking, just so fucking dominant. Um, I mean he he'd probably be my pick. Cold Fiction as a whole just really came together as um just such a badass group, you know. And it all came from the mind of Billy Graham, you know. So, um. I mean, you might even want to put Billy as the most badass, uh, you know, or, or the best cult fiction member, because without him, shit wouldn't have came out that way. You know, you you can get a group of wrestlers together and tag team and this and that, but when it came down to the, the presentation of what cult fiction was, that was Billy Graham. So you got you got to give him credit for that. He was another one of those dudes, very opinionated. People didn't want to hear what the fuck he said, so they didn't like him. But, you know, I, a lot of times it was based on the fact that he didn't want to shut his mouth and... You don't know anybody to shut your fucking mouth on this planet. Your fucking, your clock is ticking. When this bitch runs up, whatever you had to say better be said because it's fucking over. You don't, you don't get to come back and be like, oh, and another thing. That's it, man. You only have so many fucking minutes on this planet and you can't let people take your fucking minutes and you can't tell, let people tell you what to do with your minutes because they fucking run out. Um, Again, you know, you don't have to be a dickhead and reckless your whole fucking life and just run over people or anything like that. But in the same token, like, do your motherfucking thing. Who's the greatest CZW champion, in my opinion? Um, hmm. It's tough because a lot of that has to have has to do with the run as CZW champion. You know, there, there's guys, you know, like Matt Tremont, you know, great, great champion. Um, great CZW guy, but his run... They didn't book that for shit. Uh, Masada, dominant fucking champion, but it, it was weird because during that run, he had some really good matches, but it, it became so fucking predictable. You know, it became like you kind of knew what was going to go on. Um, you knew fucking there's no way he's winning, he's losing this match. You know, they brought in, I think, El Generico. He's not losing this match. I mean, El Generico is not just going to take the title. Um, I, Drake was a great champion. Um, I might go with Drake. Um, it's tough. Um, yeah, that, that, that's a difficult question. You know, there's, there's different errors and different things that went really well about it. Uh, ego was, ego was on point. Um, I mean, Ruckus, Ruckus was doing his fucking thing when he was champion. That shit ended kind of messy with the, uh, the super dragon match was, was no good. Um, he hit his head on the fucking platform and shit. That really fell apart really, really bad. But, uh, there was, yeah, there was a point where he was just fucking crushing it. 
absolutely crushing it as champion. Um, Ruckus really stepped up because there was, you know, a lot of people that doubted Ruckus being that type of, you know, wrestler and CZW champion. He definitely stepped up. Drake, though, like Drake was able to really do so much, you know, wrestling-wise, deathmatch-wise, hardcore-wise, and just put that extra spot in that world championship match that, uh, you know, made it count as, as a CZW champion. So I'll probably go with Drake. Um, yeah, he's, he's one of them. Congrats to him on his, uh, third kid on the way and shit. You know, the dude's crushing it. Uh, WWE ref, who'd ever thought back in the day, watching Drake younger, take that flip bump on the fucking chairs that, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that dude will wind up being a fucking ref, you know, telling the, uh, telling the wrestlers, no, 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 break in the corner, none of that wild shit, oh, don't make me DQ you, you know, that that's crazy Drake Younger shit for what he was up to before, so good on him, I mean, he's living a way healthier life and uh, doing his thing over there, so, yeah, big up to him, I'm trying to think of what else I have to talk about, uh, I don't really know, um, anything else y'all got in there, I only got like four people in there, but, um, yeah, I, like I said, I did um about, you know, about an hour before I, I went in here. Oh, uh, another thing I want to say on this, being I'm on Facebook and shit, I started doing the fucking words with friends thing again, right? And uh, my first attempt at it, I started hitting everybody up through the fucking um, Facebook Messenger, words with friends. And then someone was like, yo, why don't you download the app? And I don't know why I didn't think of that to begin with. But uh, so I kind of left a lot of people hanging on the uh, the Facebook Messenger side of it because I'm not going to do both. I'm not going to do Facebook message games and then games on the app and shit. So anybody want to play me on Words with Friends, I'm still on that fucking roll. Um, just, just hop on the fucking app. Words with Friends 2, I believe it's called. And then, you know, we could, we could play on there and shit because, uh, yeah, I... I don't know. I, I randomly got into that shit. I, I was into it years ago. They've since came out with a sequel. That's how long it's been. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I jumped on the, the messenger thing first, and now I got, you know, I get these notifications like, this dude's waiting for you. And it's like, yeah, well, he's going to keep fucking waiting, or he's going to get the app, and I'll play him over there. I tried to hit as many people up as I could on the app, like, hey, over here and shit, but it's what it is. Just say I'll know. Um, still playing the fuck out of Star Wars uh, Battlefront 2. Like that shit too. Um, very into that. Um, trying to think of what else. Uh, oh, got fucking more work done there. Almost uh, pretty much done adding Mogwai. I now have um, Daffy, Giz, Mohawk, George. And Lenny. And uh, still got a bunch of fucking detail that left to go in. I have three more appointments before race season. I got um, March 6th, March 20th, I believe, and April 11th. So probably about like four hours each session. And finish any any little gaps I have that are still skin on this right arm will be full. Um, all detail. Because we're doing like you know, like four hours on this section and then we'll go back in and fucking hit up, you know, another section where we did last time we're doing like, we've been doing appointments like two weeks apart for the day, like two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. So, you know, the March 6th can't touch the shit we just did, but now I can go back into Giz and I can go back into Daffy 
and get all the details. They're going to have, you know, the veins in their ears and the details going to be way more intense. As dope as they look now, the details on these cats are going to be off the fucking chain. And then we go back in on the 20th and that's when we'll get the detail, more detail on Lenny and uh, George and Mohawk. Yeah, I mean, and uh, in the meantime, still, still more detail on my gremlin here. I need some more yellows in his chest, more yellows on his stripes, filling in the different gaps. Yeah, I mean, all the skin got to be filled in. So um, I'll be fully right arm sleeved come race season, which starts on April 20th. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, finishing, finishing this, starting on that. Uh, I should be back full fucking animalistic fucking training this week uh my back was a little fucked up from the uh that the whole fucking snowstorm man that the the um the the shoveling the snow when we had that little blizzard and shit um i didn't even feel it pull or anything like that but i guess it torqued it some that had like a couple compressed discs in my spine so shit was hurting like right down the fucking spine really limited what I was able to do. I would train like one or two days and then shit would fucking lay me up, not lay me up where I wasn't working. I was still working six days a week, but just couldn't really fucking be grabbing and throwing around weight and shit. It was completely off balance center wise and all that. And just, just not good. And it was really pissing me off because I, I you know, I turned 40 in a month. I got to go in that shit at hundred miles an hour. And then a month from then race season is on and fucking popping. So, um, yeah, I fucking tomorrow is leg day. Straight up, start off Sunday, fucking leg day. Go in and then uh, you know, Monday, Tuesday, I just just fucking going forward. Um and then after race season, I start on my left arm and that's going to be um, you know, finished Muppet sleeve upper arm. I'm going to have uh, Uncle Deadly, Oscar the Grouch, and Stotler and Waldorf all right up my alley, um, type cats. And, uh, that, that'll complete my arms, you know, by the end of this year. mm, I don't know if it's going to be by the end of this year, because again, we're talking, uh, a lot of, a lot of pieces on this arm in order to get that done. So I might carry into uh, next year as far as, because if I start in August, you know, we're already in month eight, nine, 10, 11, so maybe we'll see, but it's, I'm definitely going to be a lot more fucking colorful by the end of this fucking year. And I still got to get animal touched up from uh that shit, that tournament, that shit. I've been meaning to get it touched up every time we go in. It's like, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to do that. But it's, you know, we got so much work to do here. We got so much work to do here to jump over here and start focusing on that. And although it might not take that long, you put some fresh color in this line, he's going to want to start branching out to make it all match. So probably wind up redoing the whole fucking thing when it's all said and done um just so it doesn't look fucking awkward we'll see but i'll just wait until august when we start getting on this arm on the other shit that's going on anyway and you know um yeah shout out to kel man he's he's the fucking man uh that's that's my artist that's uh that dude is is just sharp as hell man like he's he's a legit artist there's you know tattoo guys and people that do that type of shit the things he does with colors and his attention to detail and the way this shit comes around. There's a lot of shit like, you know, this animal, he, he, he didn't even know who the fuck animal was, which is partially very offensive to me, you know, because people who don't know who animal from the Muppets are questionable, in my opinion, um, questionable. But 
when when you give him you know pictures and this is what I want and he puts this type of shit down. I mean, dude is is fucking razor sharp, you know. Uh, one of the coolest motherfuckers you'll hang with too, you know. It, it, it some of this shit gets real awkward, you know. Uh, you hang with, do a tattoo with a dude, and you, you know you're sitting there, three, four hours, five hours, whatever the fuck you're doing, and like you don't want to really be around these fucking people. They're gonna just play whatever music they're playing. They're gonna do whatever they're doing. Bullshit conversation. Sometimes for me, fucking like haircuts can be awkward too. You know, you sitting there and they're just doing this shit, and you just sit there like, all right, you're just gonna get this. Uh, how's work? Oh yeah, yeah, great. Oh, okay, yeah. And then you're out of here, you're like, all right, thank God, you know. But uh, this is like the most comfortable motherfucker you can hang with, you know, tattooing and shit. He's legitimately cool as fuck to hang with. Um, hey, OMG, you just got finished telling uh telling everybody how good Drake was as world champion, so you missed that. But so anyway, um, what the fuck else? Uh, I know I just thought of something else, and then I uh, completely got off that topic. Shit. We're gonna fucking expand my fish tank situation very soon. Uh thank you. Thank you, uh OMG is saying I've killed the podcast game. I don't know if that's killed in a good way or like, you know, killing the business kinda killed the podcast game. But I can't imagine. There's some pretty horrible podcasts out there. So if I'm killing it it's for the better. Um <laughs> like an evil genius. Um but yeah, my fish tank game I'm looking to step up. I'm going to go from 246 gallons to a fucking uh, 125 gallon. I got to reinforce the floor over there, do all sorts of shit. Um, so, yeah, and, uh, doing a lot of big things here. I'm hoping what I'm going to do, though, is um, I'm going to rearrange my room, do some big changes. So that way, when I do these Facebook lives, when I get the new fish set up, you know, I could uh, swing the fucking camera around and get fish behind me. I got my, my guy Artie right here. He's usually what shows up on my uh, my Facebook Live podcasting. But, um, yeah, I'm hoping to be able to change the scenery. Like, one time I'll show the fish. One time I'll show the, uh, the, the gremlins and shit over there. You know, change it all up. Uh, you know, any, uh, like I said, any other topics, anything? Yeah. Oh, the fucking Migos said that um, they're the best rap group of all time. So... I don't know. I don't even know what else to say about that. I don't know why I would even bring that up. But uh, I'm going Wu Tang. Uh, obviously, you know you got Run DMC, motherfuckers like that who completely innovated and um, laid the groundwork for for the game. I, for me, I, I think rap group you got to go two or more, right? more than two, not two or more. You got to go more than two. So it's not. It can't just be a duo. Um, it can't be that type of thing. I think you got to go more than two. Um, Obviously, Run DMC laid the groundwork for so, so many. Uh, there wouldn't be a Wu-Tang without a Run DMC. Um, but, and again, it's not to knock Run DMC, but I always got to try to look at, you know, the positive and negative side to each argument. Um, Run DMC took a lot from LL Cool J when it comes down to it. Um, they, he was innovating quite a bit, and they were kind of running with some of what he was doing too. So, um, but to take nothing away from fucking what run dmc were all about but i'm just saying lyricism wise if you put together a group of lyricists and you look at fucking meth and raekwon and fucking odb and and rizza jizza you know i mean the, the whole fucking the whole fucking squad and you looked at lyrically each piece i think you gotta go with uh wu-tang 
I mean, obviously you could look at a, you know, NWA too with Dre, but Dre was never a rapper. I mean, you know, he did his fucking thing on the chronic and completely classic shit, but you know, lyricism wise, he, he wasn't like the lyricist cube cube was the guy easy did some old wild shit but again lyricism wise you can't fuck with the rule like that you know and, and i mean if you want to put together like a, a crew and say like boot camp click i'm you know i'm a huge sean price fan huge huge helter skelter fan but again i i still don't think you, you're going up against woo so yeah that's a tough one but uh amigos what the fuck is amigos I don't, that's some old wild shit, man. Those dudes dress like an old lady's couch, you know? And gonna talk about greatest rap group of all time. They, I think they do this shit for attention, though. Because otherwise, I would not be saying the word Migos on my motherfucking podcast. Unless they said some old wild dumb shit like that. And, and in that in that case, that's why I'm saying fucking Migos on the podcast. So, so shout out to Migos, I guess, for, for that type of shit. I couldn't name one of your fucking songs. But uh, you say some dumb shit, and it gets people to talk about you. So, there you go. Um, I I think that's um that's about all I got. That's all that I uh, thought of. What else? Anything? Anybody got anything? All right. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm definitely not going to uh, babble. Um, let me see. What's going on, Russell? About to wrap this shit up. So, um, go back. You can listen to the whole uh, hour I did on Blog Talk. And plus the, uh, I don't know, fucking close to 40 minutes I did on this shit. For whatever reason. Uh, I enjoy doing this shit. Uh, the Facebook Live deal. And, uh, you know. Definitely sounds a little unorganized. Because once I run through all the topics I had on my motherfucking phone on the podcast... And then I, I jump on here and I just kind of babble and like, I have no idea. Uh, that is one of my puppets. That is, um, that is Artie. Uh, Grizz is actually up over there, but, um, yeah, that's, that's tough. Cause I'm on mic here. So it's, but, uh, you know, actually, uh, you know, I could do, all right, let me, uh, wrap the podcast up here. I'll pull Grizz on camera real quick. Show you him because that's actually, um, Hamhead had said that uh, that's my only friend. So I'd be really rude to not bring my only friend on fucking camera, despite the fact that I have another friend right fucking there. You know. All right. So uh, let me uh, yeah wrap this up with the old uh, Kevin Hogan outro. That's all I got to say. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. Rain again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and uh shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I listen to your to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good.
Spike Cheese tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you got to say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I got to hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide it. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The truth I can't radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no food. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.